Hello, friends and family and uh, the human race <laughs> and all the other beings, whoever's involved, as we know, we all have different aspects to ourselves. It's been a while since uh, I've done a podcast. I've done an episode. It's been a very intense month, actually. Um, I don't personally, actually, thankfully, I think the practices are paying and are showing the results are really showing, but I haven't been shaken much. But if I tell you the intensity of the things that I, that have has happened and perhaps um, that I've experienced or witnessed, um, it might or might not be impressive of how, um, you know, consistent practice or just, you know, long-term practice can help. Um, so... I don't know if you remember, but, you know, I uh, definitely have a history of living by myself, moving around and kind of managing life, taking it as it comes and um, learning kind of more and more to remain in the moment and open and, you know, uh, so staying positive, understanding out of my experiences that there is always a light at the end of tunnel and there's always something higher guiding my life is, is um, and I, I believe it's everybody's life. It's just a matter of like really having the courage to experience that and, and throwing yourself in the ocean of, of, you know, just what the yogis call the samsara and yet kind of knowing who you are, you know, as much as possible, obviously, uh, to be able to experience that firsthand but for yourself rather than, you know, and I'm not, I'm not putting this down. I'm not, I'm not judging it or anything, but I think, uh, we just get a more real experience when you allow ourselves to experience that firsthand rather than follow the path that was put, um, in front of us, you know, just doing that. So I think it's a good idea to mix and match both, to be honest. Anyway, so yeah, so, um, about over a month ago, I, uh, left upstate New York to do a 10-day silent meditation retreat. It's called Vipassana. Uh, it's quite intense and very challenging. Uh, about 11 to 12 hours a day, you're basically sitting and meditating, and the rest of the time, you have a little time to eat and bathe and, um, you know, maybe about half an hour to wash your clothes as there's no laundry or anything, and uh, the rest of it, you're basically meditating or sleeping at night waking up every day at four, going all the way to 9 p.m. Um, so there so much came up. I, I absolutely recommend uh, doing that to everybody. Um, but, you know, of course, um, it can get intense. I feel like there were so many, um, you know, cycles came to circle <laughs> and close there's so much closure and so much healing and so much um just uh you know exploring of of truth um you know very intimately on an intimate level when there's no you basically don't speak to anybody don't read anything don't write anything um you know obviously no phone or no smartphones or anything like that you are, it's just you and yourself and your body and your thoughts and everything else and your breath. So yeah, anyway, it was very intense. And during that meditation retreat, I was kind of having all these, you know, 
intuitive uh, feelings and understandings. And, and funny thing, after I came out of the silence and I got my phone back, um, I uh, found out that Shivananda organization, um, there were some old students of the founder of the organization coming out in public and, and um, saying that the founder who was a Swami and who was supposedly a monk and celibate uh, has have raped them. And so there was a few cases that came out and the whole organization that prided, prided themselves um, of being very pure and <laughs> traditional, um, you know, it came out that basically the board of members knew about it even for years and they didn't do anything about it. They didn't say anything. And it's just been kind of hidden until the woman decided to come out and, and with her truth, which was a very, very um, powerful situation. A lot of people, I personally felt a few months ago that that was something I didn't want to participate in anymore but it was interesting to see how that affects everybody and how we all have different lessons but it was quite a shaky thing on its own and I found myself even for a while just kind of being traumatized and every it's sad to say this is how the mind works but pretty much every Indian man mostly not everybody uh kind of seemed like a predator and like a pervert to for a while and obviously that's not true, <laughs> but, um, you know, that hearing all these stories from the Bikram Yoga or other, other gurus who come, <laughs> quote unquote gurus who come from India and it, they turn out um, to not follow their own teachings and basically taking advantage of the situation. Um, and that's, it's just it's like shows how human nature might or might not um, break under the, basically the power of ego and, and desire and, um, you know, I mean, I, I guess I'm not judging how that can happen, but I think being honest about it, especially when you're in a position of power, is extremely powerful. Like being vulnerable and, and accepting and, and coming out and saying, you know what, I made this mistake, this happened. And so if everybody else is going through it to not, you know, bring them down, we always, you know, if you fall, you get back up. It's okay, you know. But if you put yourself in such a high, you know, pedestal for everybody so that, you know, it, it it comes with a lot of responsibility. And, you know, it's like now this organization, you know, has ashrams and centers around the world. There are hundreds and thousands, hundreds and hundred thousands of people who have graduated from their teacher training program and who have volunteered, given their time and their life to support the organization while doing, of course, spiritual practice for themselves. You know, we are all in different places, but in a vulnerable place, basically. Um, to find out, like, you know, the the, own, the founder was, um, you know, a fake. And um, so anyway, that was pretty shaky. And from there, somehow I had decided, which I should maybe have, have known better because my intuition wasn't very strong about this decision. But um, I decided to go somewhere warm, like Florida, and uh, do a workaway experience, which is a work exchange thing for 10 days because I didn't have any work or basically a place to stay. I had moved out of my place uh, from Menline Upstate. And so I thought I'll go and ground myself in my meditation somewhere warm. I was supposed to go to a farm and help out with planting seeds and painting a boat. However, when I came out of meditation in the morning that I was arriving to Florida, I got a message that uh, that place didn't want somebody for only 10 days. And uh, 
they recommended I find somebody else, and uh, I ended up spending time with um, a woman who basically was looking for some healthy-minded, positive-minded friends to live with her to take her out of a very negative place that she has been in a long time. And um, yeah, that was an interesting test for the equanimity that I had gained through my meditation practice the past 10 days before that, as she was on different types of medications and on disability and has um, perhaps had many codependent relationships enabling her ex, you know, who was addicted to, to medication, drugs or whatever, this and that. And um, but she was interested and inspired to learn yoga and change I haven't spoken to her since, but uh, before I leave, she signed up to go to the Yoga Will um, to do like a part-time volunteer and yoga program and part-time kind of like to pay to stay there for a month, um, which was very nice for her. I realized um, this would be an amazing practice for her to get out of the, you know, habits and patterns that she had built up up to that point. Um and um, in parentheses, after um, my Vipassana meditation, I kind of, it was so powerful that I thought, oh my God, if anybody ever asked me about what they, we would help them in life, I would tell them, just go to Vipassana. Everything else, I, I almost wanted to throw it away. Um, and I have like different practices from pranic healing, from yoga, from shamanic, um, you know, uh, journeying and... Um, you know, practices to, um, you know, just different things. So, so yeah, so that was the first week in Florida. And then after that, um, you know, we realized with the woman, like it's very intimate. It's we're too much spending too much time in each other's. And she was, you know, the energy I was bringing into her house was kind of a little bit probably on some level triggering certain things. So I just decided to leave two days before this is like, couple of days before Christmas and go stay in an Airbnb in Tampa. And um, I did. And then on my second day in my Airbnb, the um, owner of the house <laughs> um, kind of, you know, uh, pushed me to, to hang out with him. And he was the father and husband and, um, you know, kind of started coming on to me and, then after that, kind of explaining that he's polyamorous and all of a sudden I found myself that I'm spending time with somebody who wasn't honest from the beginning. And now I'm like almost in this situation that I didn't realize was like flirtatious. And I mean, I kind of, it was weird. It was like quite a strange, I already did not feel grounded and at home. I felt quite strange estranged in Florida totally the energies was just like not my type I don't know just like weren't mashing well and um so I was in a, in a vulnerable place and uh <clears throat> you know anyway it was a lesson to follow my intuition and but it was like a little bit um traumatizing that situation with this guy and um so yeah and then but however the next day you know I met somebody who worked at a restaurant cafe that uh, lived close by and he drove me to the airport and was super nice and very um, protecting and accommodating which was kind of nice to find that 
And um, then I came back and at Menlo, there was a retreat with Krishna Das and Nina Rao. And we were super busy. I worked at the spa. And then uh, the director allowed me to stay at her beautiful place. It was really nice to do that and connect with her. And then I moved to the city where I was supposed to work. Uh, or I thought like we had agreed to for me to start work um, kind of part time at a nonprofit organization that ended up after the second day, I realized that might not work. And so anyway, it's been quite shaky. And in the middle of all of that, since past week, um, my country, Iran, <laughs> has been um, quite the topic in the news as there was a potential war starting between this country and Iran um, when the you know military started kind of striking each other. And in between this, you know, one uh, head of the military or whatever person, Mr. Soleimani, got killed first. And then Iran thought, oh, my God, this is war. And they started shooting missiles and accidentally they shot a, a, missile, a, a passenger airplane that killed about 170 people, innocent people who, you know, were amazing, brilliant People who lived either in Canada or who were Iranians or like obviously the crew of a Ukrainian flight. Um, so it's been quite shaky. And, you know, speaking to my dad, who was like triggered by all of these, probably all his memory of the war that we had when I was a baby and he was head of a household, probably were coming out. And he was and he felt like he's in an age, he's 67 years old to retire and have a peaceful time and all of these are happening and the value of his money is going really low and they're at the mercy and it doesn't matter like how good he does things and how based on values high values he works and lives um sorry um i really send the prayer when there's an ambulance or something passing by um that uh, no matter how you know um high value what a high value life he lives or based on fortitude of character he does things it seems that you're always affected and the environment is is uh, quite negative and there's all these situations going on because of the governments and he has to pay for it you know in his old age and and all these trauma was were triggered and it's obviously like was a sad situation for me to see like people i grew up with my friends family my father being very affected and and sad but you know on another level i'm very aware that um having lived a very um kind of a nomadic life living on the edge pretty much i know that there's always light at the end of the tunnel um however to want to communicate that with people who are going through a lot of um you know hardcore shakes in their the life that they've worked so hard to build um is not very soothing or healing or necessary actually sometimes but you know it's it's very it, it helps if we can keep our center and to remember what feel good again i feel like in every episode i'm bringing up his name as he's such an amazing soul so focused and dedicated and loving and powerful in his teachings, um, was mentioning it's like as an example, he was saying, imagine a big ship 
is coming towards you and it has so many gifts and amazing things for you. And um, this ship, you know, when it starts leaving, uh, you know, towards coming to come towards you, like there, it makes these waves on the ocean. And while you're like in this little boat, it's, you know, it starts shaking your boat a little bit, shaking your boat, but it's just basically trying to um, bring you on the same frequency. Like this is just an, obviously a metaphor. So you're getting shaken to release everything that doesn't, it, that is holding you back to not be on the same frequency of, as this ship with full of light and amazing gifts for you. And so until it arrives to you and then you're on the same frequency and you can merge with each other. So, you know, and that's, that's how it is. A lot of times, like we ask for amazing things and before they manifest, then become, you know, that we can reach, you know, grab, you know, experience them or, or mer merge with them. Um, a lot of shaking happens. So today is the full moon. It's the first full moon of 2020. It's called the wolf moon. I think there's also an eclipse. Uh, and they say there's a lot is going to shake as well. So I'm personally also <laughs> not sure what's going to be the case for me, but I, there's a part of me that feels quite strong in all of it. But, um, you know, I was, um, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting year. And I think, it, it, you know, it will force us to focus uh, hard on what we really, really, really want in our lives. Is it a big house? Because big houses can, you know, it's sad, uh, you know, but but the truth and the reality is a big house can be bombed in one, two, three seconds and be gone. Is it a car? You can have an accident, it's gone. Or is it like something more, you know, um, eternal, something like, your own relationship with yourself, like deep, true happiness, no matter what, to be able to smile in the worst circumstances, perhaps worst, quote unquote, worst, because what is good, what is bad at the end, it's like, so, you know, it's just, you know, we're, we're remembering who we are and how, you know, working on our inner muscles and, and extending that like space and love to somebody when they're in in a very low dark place with full with a full heart with a open heart with a big heart and presence and expressing how you can you are there for them and you see their light and you reflect that light back and you remind them of who they are rather than what the circumstances are like seems like around them I feel like that's how, you know, my relationship is with, with feel good. Not that like we, we speak on a regular basis or anything, but once in a while he sends these messages to his, to the people he followed, who followed them, him. And uh, based on, and he knows, you know, he's quite very, very, very intuitive and very clairvoyant and he can see you. And, you know, like yesterday in a, I guess I didn't even realize in what a dark place I, I was holding myself and I received this message from Phil Good in response to something I sent him that completely <coughs> uplifted me out of my little dark corner in this little tiny room in New York City um, and reminded me what is important and how who you are 
and how you extend yourself and how um, you use that um, in terms of uplifting humanity and uplifting the spirit is so, so, so valuable rather than if you can, for example, design a website. Of course, that's a skill and of course, that's valuable as well. And of course, that can really help and ripple effect in so many ways as well. There's no, no doubt about that. But we're all, you know, um, built with different <laughs> talents. We come here to this life with different talents, different gifts and different focuses. And um, of course, we can change that here and there. But, you know, to remember really like why you're here and what your gift is and um and, uh, you know, sometimes it's not something that's visible in the eyes right off the bat. It just, it's something that comes out in the moments of truth, in the moments of need, in the moments of, um, you know, just clarity or, or some sort of, you know, uh, special um, episode in your life. So it's good to never give up hope and always remember who we are and focus on, on what we want to achieve and, and to understand that what uh, we truly are here to do is not necessarily something that we are told. I think that's something that has been quite a common factor in a Persian culture, let's say, in a lot of times, although I think we're you know, genetically, Persians are quite uh, brilliant and intelligent and creative. And the conversations I feel like I have or I hear uh, in Persian community are just a lot more, to be honest, um, a lot of times, not always. And, you know, we'll have to, but mostly they're very quite, you know, informative and educational and <laughs> creative and you feel kind of changed in every conversation that you have with different people just random young generation um uh so you know despite all of that it's a matter of like really tapping into our unique gifts and special gifts and and bringing that out rather than trying to follow a crowd or or um fitting in or anything like that so uh, I guess the point was just to kind of update whoever was interested and also, you know, um, yeah, just to uh, check in and say to stay strong. Good things are coming. It's a matter of discipline. It's a matter of focus. It's a matter of dedication and not to soldier through anything. I think it's a matter of I was just listening to this podcast, actually, an Iranian guy who was talking about a book that he had read recently called Deep Work by Cal Newport. He had like, an, I think, a half an hour podcast about it uh, in Farsi, in Persian. And uh, it was very interesting. And what he was saying was basically like some techniques, some tiny techniques and methods, but powerful ones and how to, you know, focus your mind and to bring out your unique gift rather than, um, uh, you know, just getting distracted on social media and how to do that. And and these are the teachings that you hear everywhere from either yoga organizations and, and or, you know, teachers, everybody says like, you know, we need that discipline and we also need to 
feel good about it in a sense. Not all the time. There is a lot of times it's difficult to to discipline the mind as it is a monkey mind and it does not want to do what you want it to do. But some some techniques make it easier. So if you have a chance, either check out that book or see if somebody in English has already um, done that. I have a few minutes here so I can just go through some points. So basically, you know, it says, you know, find a goal and focus on that and measure everything that you do based on that. And um, and if you if that if any activity you choose to do, like whether it's checking Instagram or walking down the street, whatever it, that you do help this goal, helps this goal, then do it. And otherwise, just think about it a little bit deeper, not to get, you know, just to really measure and ponder and um, discern. Um and uh and you want to do these you want to do the things that bring you closer to your goal in a way that you enjoy them and not you don't want to soldier through it like i was saying and it helps if you make it a routine for example wednesday mornings i do this like three times a week i do that at this hour and um and just give them like 30 minute periods of something that you that is helping you to bring to that goal. But you don't want to do this all the time, obviously, because there will be too much pressure. So sometimes you want to do also the things that distract you, for example, checking your Instagram or whatever, something irrelevant and <laughs> not very necessarily valuable. Um, so you can also give yourself like that half an hour or whatever to do those things. And this way, you're just like thinking about it more. There's more awareness to the things that you're doing anyway, but you're also not putting too much pressure on yourself. And um, and then you can also express that to people that you're involved with, whether they're friends, whether they're coworkers or your boss or this and that. You're like, okay, like, um, is it okay if on in the mornings I don't check emails or if I check emails only in the mornings, you know, that sort of thing. And you'd be surprised how people will be, you know, open to allow that for you and give you that space. And it's easier than you think. And, um, uh, so, um, and you can use your times that you're like walking or jogging or biking or something to, if you would need to think about something, you can make those activities a time to think about and meditate on the subjects that you need to think about rather than allowing your mind to go all over the place when you're walking. So that way every activity becomes almost like a meditation. So your mind is more focused if you're walking or if you're jogging or something like that. Whatever, basically activities that doesn't need a lot of, you know, mind or brain active, you know, focus. So you can use those times to meditate on the topics that you need to meditate on. Um, and then if you can, you know, limit your time on social media, come out of social media, like don't go on Instagram for a month or something. And then when you are, if you do need to come, just measure, like if your work requires you to be on Facebook, write down, okay, if I come to Facebook 30 minutes a day, for example, that's enough. And just do that and don't do it more than what you need to do. Um, so that you're not, you know, distracted and you're more focused on your time. And also, if you're randomly... You know, you, it's your habit to go online, let's say, for no reason, or go on Facebook, check Instagram, check Twitter. Um, try to replace that, like, um, you know, mindless grab for your phone to some other activity. Like, if you're that's what you're about to do, of course, it takes time for you to get used to it, but you can um, replace it with um, 
for example, you're going to draw something or you're going to listen to your favorite music and dance just to replace that activity with something else. So, you know, that way you're training your mind and you're becoming more mastering more these these little habits. And um, so I wish you all amazing success and health and lots of love and self-love and expansion and light and centeredness and equanimity for this new year. And uh, until next time, namaste.